0: I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J-Worlds Podcast. Welcome aboard. What is happening, my good people? Greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody's well, enjoying the summer heat. But here to provide a little sports heat. In your earbuds and through your speakers is none other than yours truly, the host of the J Reels podcast. For my first timers, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this content. And for those who have been banging with me for now 144 episodes, I welcome you guys back. It is a Monday, July the 13th in the year of our Lord 2020. The J Reels, what's the deal segment? What to expect here over this podcast is as follows. The Big Ten and Pac-12 in college football will have conference games only. That's right. They're not going to go outside of the conference. Obviously, with everything that's going on in the world with coronavirus and in particular this country, I'll talk about the impact of what that's going to have, not only for each conference, but maybe even other conferences for that matter, and the rest of the college football season if it does get underway, which obviously right now seems to be a big, giant question mark. We'll also talk about the NBA as the teams have now descended down to Orlando. I'll give you a little overview as to what the bubble is like. Even Coach Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs said it's the safest place to be. I'll get into that. Baseball is on the horizon, but we have a couple of players opting out. We have a lot of news to discuss there. The NHL has re-upped as far as their CBA is concerned, a four-year extension, in light of their postseason getting ready to begin in another three weeks. So much to discuss. Even some MMA, as Fight Island was a big marketing thing over the course of the last two weeks with the UFC out in Dubai. So I'll touch on that as well as some NFL news and notes and also my hero and zero of the week. But my theme to kick us off today is are we closer or are we further for sports to resume here in 2020? Now we understand that over the last six, eight weeks, all I've talked about, except for one episode two weeks ago, how I discussed the gloom and doom of sports returning with the virus out there. And I certainly do not want to go down that road. I certainly do not want to sound like the proverbial broken record that I've been, seems like, for weeks on end, which I definitely do not want to bore you guys to tears. But the reason why I say are we closer to sports or further is because we could discuss about players opting out in baseball and also hockey now as we had the first player, and I'll get into that a little bit later, to opt out from the NHL. And as I mentioned, with the NBA already down in Orlando with the bubble, Getting ready to jumpstart their season at the end of the month We all wonder With the coronavirus cases just skyrocketing And crazy as it is In this neck of the woods here in New York Yesterday was the first day Since the pandemic began That there were no coronavirus related deaths On record Now, people will probably wonder, why is it like that in New York, considering this was the epicenter when this whole thing started, and when you're looking at Florida, yesterday had over 15,000 cases, which is mind-boggling to say the least, but again, a lot of that has to do with negligence. And without getting into all that, but when we look at sports here as we're now 10 days away from the start of a baseball season, where Max Scherzer will tow the rubber at around 7.05 down in the nation's capital to throw the first pitch to finally start a Major League Baseball season. We do wonder whether or not, even though 10 days is a week and a half away, will the baseball season actually not only kick off, but will it play out at 60 games and go into October? Obviously, that's the unknown. I wish I could answer that. I have my fingers crossed and pray that the baseball season, just like the NBA and NHL seasons, once they resume, that they will finish out their years and crown a champion. And we won't worry about the NFL or college football until next month. But right now, despite the fact that we look at the calendar, and yes, that we are now a week and a half away from baseball starting and then hopefully everything else will follow suit, you still have to wonder whether or not that once we get to that point where the first pitch is thrown, will we be able to watch these seasons unfold and play out to its conclusion? And here we are, four months in, where this pandemic hit on March 11th, and four months, who would have thought that we'd be sitting here, still not discussing any type of sports, any type of games, any type of competition, and now we all hold our collective sports breaths to wonder, hope, and see if this baseball season will be the jumpstart, and for us to exhale, to think that we could actually have some. Not a lot, but just some. A sliver of normalcy. Because as we all know, we do miss sports. Or at least I do. I can't speak for everybody. And knowing that there's actually going to be exhibition games at the end of this week here in New York, the Yankees and Mets will play each other as well as the Phillies will come to town where old friend Joe Girardi will be up at Yankee Stadium a week from today. So even though those games aren't going to count, But it's going to go a long way as to getting this baseball season on its tracks, getting it started. I'm sure the games will be televised. I believe they're going to be televised on yes. So unfortunately for the Met fan like myself who watches all the games on Sny, if I do get to watch an inning or two of these games, because again, they are exhibition, I'm not going to get crazy people. And despite the fact that we're starving for sports, even to watch an exhibition game between the Yankees and Mets, which is meaningless, uh, I'm certainly not going to run to the set to, indulge over two hours for a game that doesn't mean anything but even if I happen to be around I don't even know what time the games are I'm assuming they're going to be in the afternoon they're not going to be 7.05 in the evening but with yes carrying the games I'll be sure that if I do get to sit in front of the TV for a few minutes I'm going to mute and not listen to what Michael K has to say you could take that for what it is but with that being said Let's just see people Obviously we're closer Time always keeps on ticking And as we get closer We continue to have that hope We continue to look forward to that first pitch We continue to look forward to tip off Of a restart of the NBA season Or the puck dropping on August 1st for the NHL And then we'll worry about What college football and the NFL are going to do And we'll touch on that a little bit later on But obviously we are closer to the sports starting, but at the same time, you do have to wonder, we're certainly not further than all these sports commencing, but is it going to be a situation where it's going to be further in a sense of, are these seasons going to finish with a champion? Meaning, does the baseball season have a giant hiccup in the middle of it because unfortunately players are contracting the virus? Same with the NBA if a player happens to go down for two weeks, which will pretty much take over a whole series, what does it mean for that team with championship aspirations? Same for the NHL. All these questions that we've been asking for weeks, looks like we're finally going to get some answers. But as the seconds and minutes continue to tick that much closer to July 23rd, July 31st, and August 1st, in the back of our minds, we're going to be wondering as close as we are to getting to start in these seasons, how much further will it be until a player or unfortunately players or even coaches for that matter come down with this virus to where we may not even see the conclusion of a baseball season or a hockey season or an NBA season, etc. Again, not gloom and doom, people. Just the reality, as I've been saying for weeks on end. All right, so now let's get to What's happening here We'll start off with the baseball Only because it is the first one up There are tons to discuss With all the other sports And a lot of the news That's been coming Up the pike over the past week But I'll start with the baseball Next week we're looking at Yankees, Nationals And Giants, Dodgers To kick us off And then the Mets For the few Met fans That are out there Who listen Start off Friday Against the Atlanta Braves In which we think Freddie Freeman Will be back in the mix Remember Freddie Freeman Came down with COVID And you would think by then He'll be whether he'll play or not remains to be seen It's still another 11 days away But when we look at this baseball season The schedule came out Last Monday And if you're a Met fan And I'm going to start there real quick You certainly don't like the way this schedule is going to shake down for you If you're looking to make a wild card Let alone win a division Now as we all know The Mets are Always been a bunch of what ifs When it comes to going into their seasons I know you could say that for all 30 teams and pretty much for any team in any sport when it comes to starting a season or the expectations that teams have. And with the Mets, is always a bunch of what-ifs. Besides health, besides production, bullpens, you go down the whole list. But with the news of Joanna Cespedes saying he's ready to play, that if it was March, he probably wouldn't have started. But considering that With this layoff due to coronavirus and him getting healthier by the day that he's ready to start off the season, whether it be as a designated hitter, as we know that the National League is going to incorporate that for this year, or play in the outfield, and that's going to be a tremendous boost for a Met team that's going to need all hands on deck, let's face it. Remember, no Noah's in the guard. We know the pitching staff, even without him, is their biggest strength Their lineup is going to show a little bit of length here with Cespedes Being in the middle of that lineup To go along with Pete Alonso, Michael Conforto, Jeff McNeil and others And this Met season I'll preview it a little bit next week And that's the one thing too people I must say It's going to be tough to preview a baseball season at 60 games Not knowing who's going to be healthy throughout the course of the year As we all know with the coronavirus Anything could happen at any time I'm not going to get into over-under numbers As I said last week Only because Not just the truncated season But again, the uncertainty of players Possibly having to either opt out Before the start of the season Or even not playing a part of the season Because they need to be quarantined due to the coronavirus So it's going to be very tough to gauge The whole over-unders number thing But as far as the preview is concerned Next week I'll get into it a little bit more I'll even give you a World Series prediction But as far as any over-under numbers Or even really deep predictions As far as what to expect over the course of the season It's going to be hard to gauge All it takes is for one team to get up to a hot start And maybe hang on to the end Let's say if you're the Chicago White Sox With all the young talent that they have For a 60-game season, they could possibly make it to the postseason, whereas if they were to play 162 games, chances are they're not going to even sniff a postseason bid. And I understand that's the fun of it for this year because it's the ultimate crapshoot, but at the same time, it's one of those things where, because it's tough to gauge, would it be out of the realm of possibility to have a Diamondback White Sox World Series? Uh, Who would ever think that? And at the end of the day, would you look at that Fairly As a legitimate World Series If you have both of those teams Representing The National League And American League For a fall classic Sometime in October I don't think so And I understand That could apply for All the other teams too Even if it's Yankees Dodgers And if the Yankees Or the Dodgers Were to win a World Series They're going to say Alright They did win a World Series They're the two best teams If either one of them Happens to Raise a trophy over their heads But at the same time It was only 60 games going to be a joke so imagine a Diamondback White Sox World Series but as far as the Mets schedule to conclude and then move on they end their final four series of the year so pretty much two weeks at Philly Atlanta Tampa Bay and at Washington so if they're going to make it to the postseason this year they're certainly going to earn it and on the flip side whether the Yankees across town I believe their final few series are Toronto Baltimore, and the Marlins, I think. Marlins coming to Yankee Stadium. I understand the schedule is front-loaded with a lot of tough games and a much tougher schedule because, remember, they're going to play the National League East, so they start off with three in Washington. They're going to play the Mets six games for what that's worth because, to me, that's more of an advantage for the Yankees than it is for the Mets. But then they'll also play the Braves for four games, the Phillies for four, They'll play the Red Sox early on, which I understand the Red Sox aren't the same team as they were a couple years ago, but still. And the rest of the American League East are a bunch of dregs. Of course, they got Tampa Bay. You got to throw them in the mix. But when you're looking at Baltimore, when you're looking at Toronto, a young team, uh, those are two games or two teams that they're just going to probably walk right through. So here locally, as much as we anticipate the baseball season, as a Met fan like myself, or even, of course, the Yankee fan. They're going to relish the fact that they, A, don't have to travel that far and they can watch a lot of these games with, with against teams that, of course, they're very familiar with. And that's what's going to make it exciting for the fan, knowing that you're going to have six Subway Series games, which is, believe it or not, 10% of their schedule for both the Mets and Yankees. And obviously that applies to all the other teams, whether it's the AL Central versus NL Central, AL West, NL West. So there's a lot of familiarity when you're watching these games if you're a fan of either one of those teams in any of those divisions. So you don't have to worry about Mets playing the Cubs or even the Braves playing the Cubs, which I believe I saw some stat where it's the first time since 1873 that a Brave team will not play the Cubs. Because remember, the Braves were the Boston Braves and they, they weren't the Atlanta Braves until the late 50s. Remember, they were also the Milwaukee Braves at one time too, when Hank Aaron was... A big part of that When they won a World Series Back in the late 50s So With other news As far as baseball is concerned Aroldis Chapman Another player that has come down with COVID Mild symptoms Don't know if he's going to be ready for Opening day You would think They're going to hold him off until Obviously they hold him off to 100% But at the same time They're certainly not going to rush him back Because they're going to need him more As you get deeper into this sh- Short season but that's, that's a tough loss. But when you look at the Yankee bullpen, they have so many other reinforcements that they could just slide Zach Britton there to the closer role. Remember, he closed games when he was a member of the Orioles. And they still have a very deep bullpen as it is. So you look at a guy like Chapman, although he's a key figure in that bullpen, but at the same time, it's not as if by him going down for two weeks or not being able to start the season with the team that it's going to be any major blow To that staff Speaking of Guys who had COVID And I mentioned before About Freddie Freeman One of his teammates Have opted out this year Nick Markekis Markekis is a good player Good hitter Type of guy that you want to have On your team Veteran player Good in the locker room After the conversation That he had with Freddie Freeman Decided That he doesn't want to play this year And it's very risky for him Because He's going to be a free agent After this year He's already in his mid-30s. I believe he's probably 36 off the top of my head. So if he wanted any last major payday, he's certainly sacrificing that only because his age, he's not going to make a ton of money, you would figure, even if he signs a two-year deal somewhere else. For example, if he played this year and had good numbers, he was an all-star a couple of years ago, even if he had good numbers, he's probably going to get a contract two years, somewhere in the vicinity of, off the top of my head, I have to say anywhere between maybe 12 to $15 million. So not that he was going to get a major payday, even if he played this year, but because he's not playing, he's going to go into next year as a free agent. And obviously with the climate of baseball, knowing that these general managers and owners aren't going to shell out big bucks for any of these players. And Markekis certainly falls a lot lower on the free agent rung when it comes to these teams trying to sign players, you would think that he's probably leaving a lot of money on the table, but that's his doing and he has his right. He feels as if he doesn't want to play in the COVID environment, then so be it. And speaking of the Braves, and we'll get into it later a little bit with the Redskins as they're finally going to change their moniker. The Braves have come out and said that they won't change their name. And that's because they've received a lot of support. From the Native American community They actually have an active relationship Where they've I'm sure there have been discussions That have been bandied about With the Native American community In reference to the Braves Now remember Back when they used to play In the old launching pad Fulton County Stadium They had I believe it was oh, Chief Nakahoma That anytime a Brave player Would hit a home run He would come out of the TP. Which I understand In this day and age When you think about that It's just uh, Offensive But They don't have that Logo Similar to the Cleveland Indians Chief Wahoo which they've Pretty much banned throughout the Their merchandise I believe you don't even see Chief Wahoo anymore On any of their apparel And the Braves I believe Many years ago they did have that on the old jerseys Back in the 70s but they don't have any Semblance or any Indication that you're going to see that with the Braves So if they had a blessing From the Native American community and They're going to keep the name then fine But they did mention that they are going to look into the future of the Tomahawk Chop, which obviously they can't play the song that pretty much starts off the Tomahawk Chop, and obviously I'm not going to get into it. If you're a sports fan, you know what the Tomahawk Chop is. But if the Braves are going to do whatever it takes to try to eradicate that, then what does that say for the Kansas City Chiefs fan, which they also play that, or even the Florida State Seminoles in college? That has to also weigh in on their respective teams whether or not they want to move forward with that so that's just something to think about nothing on the grand scale but at the same time with everything that's gone on here over the last week to 10 days and like I said I'll get to the Redskins and their change in a minute but the Braves will certainly be the Atlanta Braves from here on out until who knows (laughs) but that's fine because the Braves again Doesn't really have that symbolism When you look at some of the other teams Even a team like the Chiefs And I get that You look at the Chiefs And even the stadium name It's Arrowhead Stadium It's just symbolic And it just brings back I'm sure a lot of the people Who maybe not the younger Or the youth Young generation But you think of Chiefs You think of Indians You think of the headdress, All those things that Are part of the Native American And Indian culture So, who knows whether or not those names are going to be changed. If you ask me, do I feel like they should be? Absolutely. And with the Redskins, I know that's been controversy for years. And before I segue to that, to just close this out, with the Braves, they're going to keep that. And that's, to me, you know, you just deal with it. And speaking of the name changes, I just want to interject. I know last week I mentioned the Edmonton Eskimos for the CFL and people are going to say, Jay Reels, who cares about that? Well, because they had support Throughout Canada, and a lot of the Indian tribes throughout the country granted the blessing to the Edmonton Eskimos. And even though I said last week, okay, well, if they got their blessing, fine, I understand. It was still in good faith and just in good standing for them to change it anyway. Well, I read the other day that the Edmonton Eskimos, despite the blessing that they received throughout the country from those communities, they're going to forego it and come up with another nickname, which kudos to them. And they could actually. Could have been my hero of the week But I didn't want to do that But I just thought to mention that Because on the podcast last week I did bring it up about the Edmonton Eskimos And how they were not going to change their name After a lot of research And a lot of conversations that they've had That they felt that okay We're going to keep this name Thanks to the blessing of the Inuit community And a lot of the tribes That go throughout the course Of the country And all the provinces in Canada well, you would think maybe the Braves would do something like that. They won't. If that's what they're going to choose to do, then so be it. I'm not going to get too crazy about that, but I think Indians and Chiefs, and I believe even the Florida State Seminoles, a lot of the Seminole County, Tallahassee, and they also received blessing to keep the name. Hey, if they if they received the blessing, then so be it. Good faith or not, if they want to change it, I think it would be even look better on them, but that's just how it is. Well, let me get away from name changes because... That's pretty much what I have for baseball Let's get to the NFL because there's a lot to talk about here and I'll start off with the Redskins and just keep this brief as well. I said this last week we all know that this name has been controversial for many years and for the Redskin fan that's going to be upset even for the Indian fan I've heard some people from the Cleveland or Ohio area call into sports talk radio and said that they would actually be appalled and downright upset if they change the Indians name which I think is a little bit too strong but the Redskins as we all know for the longest time this had to happen the name is to be determined we don't have an official name as to what the Redskins will be as of right now but the one thing I will say is that we've seen it with other sports here locally and I understand it was 100 years ago and people probably forgot but St. John's, the basketball team, used to be called the Red Men. And they changed it to the Red Storm. Now, I understand it's a college team. Not everybody's going to be attached to St. John's or follow St. John's, even the most diehard St. John's fan. When they changed the name, and I know a few of them, eh, they weren't in an uproar over it. And we understand the Redskins, 87 years, what they've meant to the NFL. It's Please, people, let's just change the name and that's it. If there's gonna be people up in arms, they're gonna protest and go to the stadium wearing the Redskin gear with the logo of the Indian. And if that's what they want to do, then that's on them. You know, actually it shows their true colors if they're gonna do that. Instead of just looking at it from a standpoint of, hey, this is a new era of of Washington football. And Lord knows they need it because the Redskins have had zero success, as I mentioned last week. But let's see what the name's gonna be. I think they should just stick to Maybe just Washington Generals is another name I thought about actually over the weekend. I mentioned the Senators, although that may tick off some people because I'm sure there are a lot of crooked Senators out there in this PC world that we live in. But whether it be that or even the Nationals, I understand that, that could be just vanilla and boring. Like, oh, well, they have the Nationals baseball team. But remember, back in the day, they had the St. Louis Cardinals of baseball and football before they moved to Arizona. So if they could do a Nationals there or even they want to do Generals, which will point more towards the military there in our nation's capital, it's fine. And I'm sure a lot of people would probably look at that and will give the thumbs up. But we're going to see how this shakes down because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have training camps open up and they're going to have to get logos, apparel, everything out to the NFLshops.com and to have the rebranding of the Washington football team. So they're certainly are going to have to work around the clock to get this out there before the start of training camp. So we'll see how that goes. Now to get off the name changes and things of that nature, we'll get right to the meat and potatoes of it. Now the NFL and the Players Association, they're going to meet today with all that I've talked about with coronavirus and these teams and bubbles and things of that nature. Well, now there's going to be Some major decisions that are going to come down with the league And they're certainly going to feel the brunt Of the COVID climate that we live in Because this meeting that will take place Is going to discuss whether the preseason games will be played Of course the owners want that Or not Which the players certainly do not want to play Opt-out clauses will be thrown around Revenue if no fans are to participate How do the players How is that going to factor into them Equipment modifications regarding masks over the helmet bars. So you're going to have a lot of this to be discussed. And on top of that, what the protocol is going to be as far as the health issues when it comes to the locker rooms, when it comes to training rooms, weight rooms, the field, you name it. Now, there are certain teams that have come out publicly to say that they're going to have fans in attendance. I know the Ravens just recently had stated that they're looking to fill their stadium to 20% capacity, which is roughly 14,000. How that's going to fly, we don't know. I know many months ago, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Jeffrey Ross, said there's going to be fans in the building. He didn't say if we're going to be full houses, but I think the NFL shouldn't even look to to think about that right now. They should just worry about what they're going to do to get these players in a safe, healthy environment to not only get a Training camp started, scrap the preseason games, who's going to care, and then on top of that, just get to that first Thursday night game to kick off the NFL season in Kansas City to where they would hope to be scot-free to start off their season. That's all there is to it. But when you hear quotes from two left tackles in the NFL, Donovan Smith of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying that it's not worth the risk to play. He's expecting his first child In about three weeks Now he hasn't officially opted out But this quote pretty much sums it up As far as What I've been saying all along And I'm sure a lot of the players Who haven't come out and said it Will probably feel the same way And this is a quote from Smith How can a sport that requires Physical contact on every snap And transferral of all types of bodily fluid In caps Every single play Practice safe social distancing how can I make sure that I don't bring COVID-19 back to my household? Yes, we could get tested every day, but if it takes 24 hours to get my results, how can I know each day that I'm not spreading the virus or contracting it? And then Nate Solder, the Giants, who's actually the player rep, questioning the risk of playing, of course, in this upcoming season. And I quote, if the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there is no football in 2020. It's that simple. And sums up everything that I've said over the last two and a half months, the virus will dictate whether sports will be played, whether it's partial seasons, half a season, full season, including a champion. And I'm sure the NFL didn't like to hear that. As I like to say, I'm sure the green juice didn't go down smoothly in the Goodell household when he read those two quotes, but they're facts. It's truth. There's no other way to put it. Now, the other things that we have to get into, I know the Mahomes contract came down last week right after I started editing, believe it or not, of the podcast. We know the deal. 10 years, $450 million. In total, it could be up to $503 million. It was a smart deal. You had to do it if you're the Chiefs. He's not only the face of your organization, he's right now the face of the NFL. That's all there is to it. Forget about him being the... Madden cover guy Which Lamar Jackson is Doesn't matter To me The face of the NFL Right now This second Is Patrick Mahomes And Knowing that the Chiefs Have him locked For the course Pretty much of his whole career With $140 million Guaranteed It was a no brainer Now what does that mean For the team long term I know that in some interviews It's said that this is A player friendly deal It's not going to Hamstring the salary cap The way it's structured Etc Anytime that you sign a player To that magnitude of a contract Which is the biggest right now in American sports history It blew away Mike Trout's Extension for the Anaheim Angels But having him in the mix there for 10 years At that type of money And I'm sure they're going to do whatever to restructure over the years To try to bring in players or to keep players I get all that but You're still working with $450 million That you're going to have to manipulate the cap with And that's going to be impossible I think any capologist is going to be it's like trying to solve a Rubik's cube blindfolded and again that's not for any chief fan to worry about now or next year the year after that but there's going to come a time where it's going to be Patrick Mahomes and he's going to have ragamuffins for wide receivers or they're going to have such a steady offense that they're not going to have any defensive players not that they're a great defensive team to begin with but at the same time this is what happens when you put all your money into one player and as important as that player is and we all know the quarterback is the driving force of that team but with all that money invested in that one guy how is everybody else going to get their money or to have a top quality player at those important positions whether it is your left tackle pass rusher cornerback and we understand not every team has those premium positions if you go through any roster throughout the league but they are important And they are at a premium. And to have a guy like Mahomes, as much as he is the utmost important guy on your team, already won an MVP, won a Super Bowl under the age of 25, first time in NFL history, but you know you're going to face consequences down the road when it comes to either trying to rebuild or trying to retool when you have a guy that's just hamstringing your cap. (laughs) That's all there is to it. A couple other things. The... Players can't swap jerseys after games. I don't know if you heard that memo come out, which to me, that's just an absolute joke. Could you imagine? Coin toss, this team wins, they're going to receive the ball, kick off, bang, crash, handoff, tackle, pass, hit over the middle throughout the course of 60 minutes. So you're going to be able to bang, tackle, sweat, bleed, spit. For 60 minutes, but then you can't take off your jersey for a quick photo op after the game because of the climate we live in. Uh, does that make any sense? You know what they could actually do instead of having the photo op? They could still be six feet away, take off the jersey, they could just chuck it to one another. I understand they may not be able to take a picture because they're going to be six feet apart, but they could still exchange jerseys. I mean, what's well, the big deal? I just thought that was an absolute joke, and I know the NFL is trying to be... PC and crackdown on all of this But you can't have that When you have guys Literally on top of each other After every play uh, th- That doesn't make any sense So that's what we pretty much have for the NFL Now to segue over to College football When you have Two of your biggest uh, They're not the SEC So we can't get crazy And it's not the Big 12 Although, who knows? Remains to be seen what's going to happen there. But when the Big Ten and Pac-12 state that they're only going to play conference games this upcoming fall, it makes you think what's going to happen across the board, especially with the Power Five conference, and we still have to think about the SEC and Big 12, and we get that. ACC, even though they you know, it's just Clemson and everybody else. But you wonder if all the other conferences... Are going to be thinking along those same lines. Because let's say. If you're Notre Dame. You're not going to play. Stanford. You're not going to play USC. Now the game is in California this year. So I don't know if. USC will host Notre Dame. Because they know that's a big game every year. It's usually right. Was it right before Thanksgiving. But if they say they're only going to play. Conference games. And also got to remember this with USC. USC. USC has stated that they are only going to have online learning this upcoming fall, which means if you're not going to have anybody on campus, why do the football players get a pass to go on campus to train, work out, practice, etc.? Obviously, they're part of the university. Last I checked, is that right? I mean, that's a whole other set of encyclopedias to open up and read, but Does that mean that even though they host a game against Notre Dame that they're not going to play them? It's conference games only. And as we know, Notre Dame's an independent, so it's not as if by losing them on the schedule, by also not playing Stanford, which is another team that they play every year. And USC, remember this, they're supposed to play Alabama Labor Day weekend in Dallas to kick off the season. Well, that game's going to be thrown in the garbage. So between now and Labor Day weekend, which is the start of the college football season, it's going to be a lot of interesting decisions across this nation when it comes to these conferences, whether or not that they're going to play conference games only. And that's it. And as we all know, the conference games usually don't take place until around week four, once you get into October. So college football is certainly going to have a I'm not going to say it's a fight that's a little bit too strong. But they're certainly going to have some major decisions. Now, whether they do it or not remains to be seen. I guess they're not going to worry about travel if you're the SEC. And if they have a game where it's out of conference. Or even some of these smaller schools that go into, let's say, Western Alabama State. That they play the... Alabama Crimson Tide and they know that that's a lot of money going to their school so if the SEC says you know what we're going to play conference games only anyway we are the mighty SEC so the Western Alabama State is going to look at it like oh geez well there goes our million dollars that would have came right to the school and we'd be able to at least for one week say that we were on the same field although they get slaughtered 63-0 but these all all these decisions need to be factored in and it's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds everybody knows I'm not the biggest college football guy But this is something that you have to pay attention to because if you're going to have all these conferences just play conference games only, then they're going to have to rework the schedule. Because, right, everybody was probably looking forward to USC-Alabama. We understand USC is not the USC of old, of a decade plus ago, but it's still two big schools going at one another at a neutral site in Dallas. But if you're not going to have that, if you're not going to have Michigan and Washington, if you're not going to have Notre Dame and USC... Uh, What do you What do you have So just something To pay attention to there As we move forward Now moving forward uh, NBA Quickly Everybody's down in Orlando The bubble's pretty much set Even Greg Popovich said That the bubble Is the safest place to be Now here's the one thing That I would Be concerned about that You had a team In the MLS I believe the Nashville team They had to back out Of Restarting their season in the MLS Because multiple players came down with COVID-19 And they're also part of a bubble Guess where? Orlando We understand that that complex is enormous So it's not as if that they have the MLS players Sequestered nearby the NBA players Now do I know that off the top of my head? No, but you would think that As huge as that complex is They have to have them Sectioned off in their own areas It's not as if Despite the fact that the bubble being the bubble I'm sure that they're not Intertwined or they're not coming in close contact With one another I know one of the players had said that It's almost has, a, it has an Olympic Village type feel But you would think it's just for the NBA alone Just like the MLS has their own Olympic Village And their own quarters that they're Being housed Same for the WNBA Which is also in Orlando. So it makes you think that if the MLS was going through this. Where one of their teams had to back out. And you know that these teams. The authorities. uh, Everybody's doing whatever it takes to not get these players infected. And not to compare the MLS to the NBA by any stretch. But at the same time. When you see that happen there. Why can't that happen to the NBA? Not that I'm wishing or hoping for it. But you get my point. But Popovich says it's fine He says it's the safest place to be Good for him And so far the feedback from the players Have been positive for the most part They've brought their gaming systems Even some guys have brought exercise bikes And weights from their home And brought all types of equipment down there To be quarantined there for the One to three month period Depending on how far these teams go In their respective seasons In the postseason Regular season etc So Whether it's the Lunches that you see I know uh, Troy Daniels of the Nuggets Tweeted his first meal And it looked like it was a glorified school lunch Had the Terra chips With whatever sandwich and apples And I just And the good thing is that so far And it's only been a few days But John Morant says it feels like an AAU visit But if the Grizzlies happen to make it to a postseason and play a seven-game series against the Lakers where they're there for a month and a half, let's see if he's going to feel the same way as they get to a game seven in their first round playoff round. Now, that's not going to happen. I'm sure if the Lakers and the Grizzlies play in the first round, the Lakers, you'd think they would smoke them. And speaking of the Lakers, they had a major injury happen to one of their key players and Rajon Rondo. He breaks his thumb in practice. Don't know the severity of it, but you would think if it's broken, he's going to be out six to eight weeks which you would think would probably be at least at the minimum the Western Conference Finals. So that's something to keep an eye on. Having a key player like that go down. I'm not too crazy about the situation with the players getting the quotes or sayings in the back of the jerseys. And the reason why I say that is because the NBA put out a list of, I guess it was 10 of the Slogans Whether it's I can't breathe Black lives matter No justice no peace So they had to choose The players If they wanted to wear them In the back of their jerseys They had to choose a list Now I understand that If it's anything profane Or anything that's too long Or outlandish But you would think That the players should have the right To choose whatever it is And whether or not it gets approved By the powers that be of the NBA Then so be it Obviously it has to be done Within good taste But I just didn't like that they... Well, here are the 10 you could choose from. And if not, sorry, you just have to go with your name on the back of the jersey, which I know LeBron James has done. Even Anthony Davis. I believe a couple other players have come out. I know Kyle Korver is going to use the Black Lives Matter moniker on the back of his jersey. So we'll see as the days and weeks leading up to the season, who's going to wear what in the back of the jersey. But I I just thought it was for the NBA to come out and do that. Okay, here's the list you could choose from, please. I mean just let the player choose what they want. And then all you have to do is just say thumbs up or thumbs down to what it is and that they have to come up with another name or just go back to the list. But even then why have the list if they could, uh, to me, it's just a mess. I think it's just a waste of time. I understand they're trying to think outside the box and put forth the social justice message out there. And I'm totally for that. But just when you say, okay, but you only choose from these, eh. what if somebody wanted to put justice for Brianna or just put Brianna Taylor's name on the back of a Jersey? Or George Floyd's name Or Elijah McClain Or Rayshard Brooks I mean that, that to me That would have just as much impact as Black Lives Matter As No Justice No Peace If they just wore the names of those aforementioned deceased And unfortunate Passings of those individuals Who lost their life to police violence I mean geez But anyway As I uh, move along here All right, the NHL right now, certainly they're on the right track here. We all know Edmonton and Toronto are the hubs for the postseasons. They also have a four-year extension with the CBA. That's now tied in, which will run through the 25-26 season. It was set to expire after the 2021-2022 season. Say that five times. Now, if all goes well, the draft will be set up for October 9th and 10th. The Stanley Cup final will begin on the 22nd of September And will end October the 4th And then they're looking to see if they could start the season On December the 1st Where the Stanley Cup champion wouldn't be crowned until sometime in July So those are just some of the news and notes that come out of the NHL And you figure if the the Stanley Cup final ends on the 4th of October they'll have less than two months to restart a season does that mean that there is there going to be a training camp does that mean that there's going to be any exhibition games I understand that this still isn't 100% ironed out but there's just something to think about and I'm sure the players they I would have to agree on it and obviously they agreed on this new CBA so the turnaround time between a game seven which would end on the 4th of October to December 1st the start of the next season I'm sure a lot of players, they probably will say, hey, whatever it takes, let's do it. And then as the season ends, especially those teams that make it to and win the Stanley Cup final, I'm sure they're going to say, wait a minute, now I got to take two weeks off just to get back on the train there to start it all over again for another 82 games. That's something that not right now, but well down the road as we get to the end of the year is something to uh, just keep abreast. Is something to keep our eyes peeled for because that's going to be pretty interesting when that time comes. But again, that's for way down the road. So we certainly don't have to worry about that there Now the first NHL player to opt out Was on the Calgary Flames Travis Hamanick He was a former defenseman Of the New York Islanders years back He's citing family issues With his young daughter's health And does not want to be away from her And his family To be with the team You wonder if any other players Are going to opt out here Between now And I believe the extension I don't know if there was one Because last week when it was reported That they had a 24-hour window to decide whether or not they want to opt out. But you would think that the players, once they leave their training facilities in their respective cities to fly to Edmonton, Toronto, which would be on the 25th, I believe. So it's still another 12 days away because remember, the postseason is going to start on August the 1st. You wonder what other players are going to bow out here before the start of a season, whether it's Health related towards them or family Or whatever their beliefs are So that's obviously something that we're going to Keep an eye on Now one of the things that I find Fascinating but at the same time just a little Puzzling It's a smart idea That the NHL Is charging fans to have Their likeness in the seats Which goes to a charity So for instance if I wanted to As an Islander fan if I wanted to Put my likeness on a seat so when these games are broadcast, it looks like there's somebody sitting in the seat. So you pay $25 for a charity to get your likeness. Well, I think it was just an absolute clever idea. But the one thing I don't like is pumping in the crowd noise or even worse, having videos for team specific cheers. So let's just say for the, for instance, the Islanders in the first round, if they're the home team, I can understand where they're going to have their specific cheers for them as a home team. But if they're a road team and they score a goal, are they going to have the cheers for them as well? Because remember, not only is this neutral site in a bubble, no fans in attendance, but you mean to tell me that you're going to have cheers for both teams if, let's say, the Carolina Hurricanes are the home team and the Islanders score a goal as a road team, and then you're going to hear the yes, yes, yes chant after that? To me, it just doesn't sound right. Now if they're the home team I can understand that That makes sense But based on what I've read They just want to pipe in any noise Or any Team friendly cheers Or chants or whatever And I, to me I just That's a little bit too much I don't know Call me old Whatever But I, I just I just don't see it So that's also something else to When you're watching these games Come August 1st That you're Going to try to get a feel for I don't think baseball Is going to do that I don't know if the NBA Is going to do that There haven't been any words As far as Teams incorporating any type of crowd noise. I know that they're going to use the walk-up music, which is no big deal if you're the home team for whichever city that you play for. So if obviously if the Phillies, whomever is Bryce Harper's walk up music, they're gonna play that. And that's no big deal. But what's gonna happen there as far as somebody hits a home run? Is they're gonna pipe in some crowd noise? Are they going to when the batter is at one and two and Jake Arrieta's is your starting pitcher or Aaron Nola? And Noel, I believe, is the guy who actually came down with COVID. But when they're one and two on a batter, are they going to pipe in crowd noise for the crowd to cheer for the strikeout? We'll have to wait and see. And I, I, to me, I just think it's just uh, it's just contrived. I, I don't like it. But again, that's just me. All right. And before I get to my hero and zero of the week, I know there was a big MMA fight over the weekend on Saturday. You had the Fight Island, which was heavily promoted by the MMA, took place. In the United Arab Emirates In Dubai Where the heavyweight Or the main attraction Was Kamaru Usman Now he fought a guy Jorge Mazdaval Where the original opponent Was supposed to be Gilbert Burns So Mazdaval Who has a Long record I believe his record Going into that match Was 35 and 13 And When you look at his record compared to Usman now Usman has a lot less decisions he was 16 and 1 going into the fight so he's fought pretty much Mazda for fought almost 3 times as much as Usman did but considering that they had to find a replacement where Burns came down with COVID right before making his flight to Dubai so they had to scramble around to find somebody and they bring in Mazda and it was a tough fight Usman won unanimously but it went 3 rounds had to switch gears knowing that the preparation for one guy and then they had another guy come in that he had to prepare for him. Now, I, I've never seen these guys fight. So, again, I'm a novice when it comes to MMA for those who have listened to me in the past or for those who are listening for the first time. But the reason why I acknowledge is because here was a situation where you had COVID play into it. So the fight that maybe everybody was looking forward to with Burns, you didn't get that. Now, you did get a full three-round fight. It wasn't as if Mazda Val Went in there And got tapped out Or knocked out Within you know A minute So Did you get your money's worth I didn't see the fight So I don't know But based on what Usman said That even though He had eight days To prepare for his opponent And had to Quote Mental shift His focus from one guy To another Totally different style Had to use different tactics He was able to grind out Those three rounds And still retained His championship Uh, I thought it was pretty fascinating because how often do you see that whether it's in boxing in particular and that's pretty much the only sport that you could equate it to. I understand maybe with baseball if you're looking forward to a starting pitcher or even the NFL if you're going to have a guy that you expect to be a quarterback week one let's say hey Patrick Mahomes but for whatever reason he's out with an injury or not able to play and then their backup comes in Matt Moore so of course you're going to prepare a lot differently but that's more of a team sport Where are here, individuals You never know Any given day You get knocked out Punch to the jaw sleeper hold Who knows So I found that a little bit Fascinating that within 8 days They were able to Find an opponent And then Usman Had to gut it out It wasn't as if that You know he went in And 45 seconds later Was able to Come out with the belt No he had to Go through those 3 rounds In order to Earn that belt So he retains his title there Fight Island for the MMA all right, now let's get to my hero and zero of the week. My hero of the week is Makur Maker. He is the cousin of Thon Maker who's on the Detroit Pistons. For him to choose to go to Howard, an HBCU, historically black college and university, as opposed to going to a Duke, a Kentucky, a North Carolina, a Michigan State, go down the list. For him to do that, you kind of wonder, and I don't think this is going to be the case but could this be a watershed moment for college basketball where other players and particularly Mikey Williams is another guy that a lot of people are looking at who's a top recruit and hasn't chosen which school he's going to go to. But could he be a guy that says, you know what, I want to go to an HBCU myself. And with a guy like Maker who, and we get that, the competition that Maker's going to face in an HBCU environment is not going to be Division One. Well, the bottom line is Is if he can play And even if he dominates To the tune of You know 35 points a game Even if he makes half that In the NBA That would still be pretty good Now we understand If he's the number one pick overall You expect the number one pick To be overall To be dominant Not just good But for him to choose Howard University Over any other Division one university Kudos to you my guy And all the best to him And let's see what happens With any other players If they're going to Follow suit Which I think Would be pretty fascinating So he's my hero of the week And my zero of the week And I get this could have been A bigger theme In the NFL segment But Deshaun Jackson For tweeting anti-Semitic messages Attributed to Hitler And Louis Farrakhan uh, He's a guy that's been in the league Over 10 years He should know better And who knows Maybe it got the best of him Whatever he was watching Or reading at that time And he posted on his account And then apologized Three days later When his owner And his GM They're both Jewish And had to Take a big dose of reality And a gigantic mea culpa to them Now he only got fined He didn't get suspended And certainly didn't get released Now we know that the Eagles need wide receivers in the worst way If you haven't watched them last year All you need to do is just look to see Who they had in that playoff game Against the Seahawks But In this cancel culture that we live in It's easy just to say he should have been gone And at first I thought Oh he's probably going to be axed He'd get cut Because if somebody else said that Especially a white player You would think that right away Gone But remember years ago You had a situation with Riley Cooper At a Kenny Chesney concert uh, concert That he uttered the N-word Towards somebody And what did that lead him to? A contract extension Now I'm sure the contract extension Had nothing to do with what he said Off the field But at the same time You would think something like that As inflammatory as that is That uh uh-uh Cooper gone Now who knows if he were to say that today Not to say that there should have been some ramification back then That it is today Not to excuse him for saying that By any stretch of the imagination But The bottom line is Is that if you just Add anything In a sentence With Adolf Hitler's name into it You're going to Get lambasted He could have said Adolf Hitler Ate a peanut butter jelly sandwich Before he died And then people were going to be In uproar over it and that's all there is to it So for him to not Use better judgment For him to not And again We're all human We get that So on and so forth But You know that anytime you mention that monster in a sentence You are not going to get any type of accolades You're not going to get any type of All you're going to get is bad publicity So Deshaun Jackson this week my friends He's my zero of the week right, so that'll do it for episode 144 I appreciate you guys and gals 1000% for all your love and support In following me and listening to the podcast etc And as I like to say every week Whether it's your first time listening, second, third, fourth, 100th, if you haven't done so already, I implore you to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. All that's going to do is increase the visibility of this podcast among all the others that are out there, and in turn, will generate some interest with those who aren't familiar with the podcast to be a part as a guest, whether it's the former athlete, current athlete, the sports writer, broadcaster, studio host, blogger, even the fan, which I'm going to discuss in a minute or so. So if you haven't done so Please do that Whether it's on Apple Podcast Google Play Spreaker Stitcher Spotify iHeartRadio Luminary Go there Please subscribe Rate review It literally takes seconds people And with everybody For the most part quarantined And it at home And scrolling through your Instagram feeds And also On Netflix You could take 90 seconds out of your day To do that So please I implore you to do that people and speaking of Instagram, you could follow me on any of my social media accounts, whether it's on Instagram at JReels or the J Reels podcast on Twitter, J Reels one, just the number on Facebook, the J Reels podcast fan page. And if you want to send me an email with any questions, comments, criticism, or praise, or even if you want to just hit me up, I'll be sure to follow you up on any of my social media sites. You can follow me there. But of course, the J Reels podcast at gmail.com for any questions, comments, criticism, praise, whatever it may be. I will have another podcast this week As I like to have two podcasts One to give you my State of the Union What's happening in sports And then the second one Which will come on Thursday Is to have a guest And I will have a guest this week I have podcaster and aspiring broadcaster The tender age of 18 years old For those who listen to Mad Dog Radio On Sirius XM He's a frequent caller He goes by the name of Jai from Baltimore Jai Shields He'll be my guest as we talk about What it's like to be a young sports fan Also For a guy like me I'm curious to find out What about his friends Or classmates He just graduated high school What do they have to say When it comes to sports Are they following sports Are they more into video games Are they more into Netflix Whatever it is And not only that We talk about The path that he wants to pave As far as his career is concerned As he has a podcast now But he wants to be A play-by-play broadcaster So definitely Look out for that Come Thursday As I deliver that to you as well as Everything that goes on in sports Because as you know Or maybe you do not know My passion, my love, my fire For talking sports Ever since I came out of the womb And I do so every week From the heart, from the soul For you guys Because I love to do this each and every week To discuss everything that's going on The diamond, the ice, the gridiron The hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court Ringside, you name it from my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are, the J Reels Podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. From the South Bronx, to South Beach, to South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody. And until next time on the J Reels Podcast, on the flip, baby.